Good evening, happy Monday, and if you're in the United States of America, happy Veterans Day. It is the Wrestling Inc. podcast for November 11th, 2019. I am Justin Labar, being joined by Raj Geary and the Blueprint, Matt Morgan. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Good, what's up? Uh, good, good. That was uh, it's kind of tough staying up, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's good. Yeah, we're doing this for all of you tonight. We're, we're delivering the podcast one way or the other. You know, Monday Night Raw, maybe their writers can phone it in, but we're not going to phone it in. We are going to give you uh, a, a full review of the show. Plus, we'll talk about some uh, news items, including a WWE superstar going public asking for his release. Plus, Stone Cold Steve Austin has a brand new interview series coming to the WWE Network, and his first guest is going to be The Undertaker. We'll talk about that, and we'll also take a look at SmackDown Radiance, which came out. Uh, from this past Friday. SmackDown this past Friday taped in Manchester, England. Raj, tonight's uh, Raw also taped in Manchester, England. Uh, just uh, real quick, general overall thoughts from tonight. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty bad show. Um, I, I don't know. I thought most of it was pretty boring. The Lana Rusev stuff I thought was just uh, cringeworthy awful. So uh, I was not a fan of this week's show. <clears throat> Matt Morgan, you're still awake. Did you enjoy it tonight? I liked the. Uh... The idea behind trying to get Walter over, having him work Seth Rollins. Um, I love the girls' match actually. That kicked off the shit, you know. That kicked it off. Um, but um, mm, it's really about it. Was that the anonymous WWE uh, Monday Night Raw <laughs> general manager? Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, maybe that anonymous right. PM could have uh, given us overall a better raw. It, it, this, I'll say this: I, I had a hard time. There's, there's nobody in the creative, nobody in the powers to be tonight could actually thought this raw we're going to put out there. We have a real competitive chance to have a viewership gain throughout the night. This, this one's going to lose hour to hour, but uh, we'll let you be the judge of it as we go through. So we kick it off. Becky Lynch to the ring, cuts a promo, just reminding us why she is uh, the man, Becky Lynch. This leads right into her and Charlotte up against the Kabuki Warriors. A, a really good match. The match actually, this was, a, this was a solid way to start in terms of in-ring action. Uh, and ultimately, the Kabuki Warriors get a win, so they uh, hold on uh, hold, hold on to where they're at. And then this leads into chaos after the fact. Shayna Baszler's at ringside. She's a, she's a taunting. Uh, we got Bailey comes out of nowhere. Um, so ultimately, Bailey is the one standing tall here. So as they... Uh, Build to the triple threat between the women's champions. Matt, what do you think? Shayna Baszler, yeah, I, I don't. Shayna Baszler, aka literally the most ordinary looking woman on God's green earth, was able to come out, hop the wall, and draw so much attention that surefire first ballot Hall of Famer Charlotte Flair stopped dead in her tracks in the middle of the ring and stopped and looked at her. It, mm-hmm. This is the garbage I'm, I'm, tell, I'm, I'm talking about. Um, I just don't see Shayna on any of their levels, quite frankly. Um, and when I say – when I'm talking about, like, the physical looks, I'm, I don't mean prettiness. I mean she. there's nothing about her that stands out like a star. The rest, if you look at the girls in the WWE Raw and SmackDown roster – if you if you look closely, you don't even have to look closely. They all have different color like hair. They all have like very loud colored hair. One has blue, one has purple, one has pink, one has white, one has blonde. They try to differentiate themselves, right? And that's just the super surface part of it. Their characters are very well defined, and whenever it's time for them to talk, they sound like stars, like Becky. Becky's promo tonight, great example. She reminded everybody once again. Her mission statement, why she's the baddest mofo walking the planet. 
um, and why we like her. Um, and then I see Shayna come out there, and, and just it could be to me it becomes so hokey. Well, Matt, somebody from a different brand shows up. You don't think it would stop? No, I don't. Not the third time. I don't think it would stop every dead in their tracks from a competitive match, from getting their ass handed to them, and stop, and say, "Ooh, she's out here," and just stare for like thirty seconds. I, I just I don't. I'm not a fan of Shayna Baszler. In case you guys can't tell, I think she is <laughs> boring. I mean, I like how much she's improved. Uh, you know, she's definitely putting the work in. I like that her style is different. I'm kind of with you, Matt. I don't, uh, she doesn't grab me like a, a lot of the other women in NXT, like a Bianca Belair or, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's there's a couple others, but um, Candice LeRae, Io Shirai. Um, I don't know. This, this uh, the invasion stuff, it, it's just gotten, in my opinion, it's gotten redundant. They're just doing the same thing week after week, uh, show after show. Um, but it is it is helping. I mean, their ratings were up a little bit last week. Uh, NXT, you know, almost beating AEW. Everything else about the invasion, I love. Just not her. Yeah. Yeah. And the bell least... rings. Hang on. Once the bell rings in that three way match, cool. Um, I don't know. That's about it, though. Yeah. At least the inv- at least the invasion has an end game. At least it's building two Survivor Series. Uh, yeah. You know, Matt, I can I can agree with some of what you're saying, but I, but I will say, you know. The way Shayna made her presence felt, I think it was on. I think it was the the SmackDown when they couldn't get back from Saudi, and they kind of her just first really, her first. Yeah, appearance. that one came off well. I thought the pre-tape with her and Becky. I thought there was a certain. Uh, no, that was rotten. That was terribly rotten. You didn't she like that one so bad. That is like, I'm go back and watch it. That was one of the worst promos right, I have well. ever witnessed. How about that? I, th- I thought Becky was great in that, but yeah, Becky was money, and there was such a unevenness that it was glaring. It was so obvious. Yeah, one looked like freaking Roddy Roddy Piper <laughs> compared to SD Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think with the real gripping invasion angle, you should have a good reason why they're invading. You know, a, a real story as opposed yeah. to they're just doing it just for the hell of it because they have I'm a match not. coming up. I'm gonna give it to you. Here we go. You guys are Becky Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> So, Becky, <laughs> we finally meet. I've been waiting for a long time for this. <laughs> it was horrible. I wanted to throw up and kick my TV off the thing. <laughs> it's on. It was horrible. Man, just be and glad Becky, she and Becky somehow was able to muster anything besides laughter. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> Go back, please, and watch it. Yeah. Go back and watch it. It was so is the most uneven promo I've ever witnessed. You know, I think I think for I think for Wrestling Inc. live event uh, purposes, we could we could have an attraction of come watch bad promos next to Matt Morgan, you know, at, at, a, at a location somewhere. Uh, well, I'll just be glad she's not the blueprint, uh, Shayna Baszler. Let's, let's, we're not going there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we go backstage. Uh, Randy oh, Orton. Oh, wait. Randy. Did you go over the finish? Yes. Well, I said Kabuki Wars won. Do we need to go? Yeah. Well, Becky got beat, right? Uh, Becky's distracted, gets pinned by Asuka. Yeah, so she got pinned by Asuka. He yeah. wants you to talk how this is going to transition into Asuka versus Becky. And well, and I and I want to point out how pointless it was to have Asuka get submitted by Natalia last week if that's the way they're going. She's being put in a title. It feels like did it, don't, don't you think? They feel like it just made this decision like two minutes ago. Yeah. You mean the her losing uh, to Natalia? And, and, and all of it, no, and all of a sudden they like do something with Asuka. 
I mean, this actually had been the plan for uh, for a while now. And Oscar? Yeah. Then that makes yeah yeah that makes no sense why she submitted to Natalia last week. Especially, I can see why they don't want to beat Natalia coming off of Saudi Arabia. Have her beat Kyrie Singh or anyone else in the locker room. But yeah. anyway, that that just made no sense to me. Hmm. Well, we move on from the opening action and we go to a backstage. We see uh, Randy Orton and Ricochet having a, a back and forth talk, and then we see the OC. They're picking on Humberto. Ricochet steps in, and Randy Orton steps in. Uh, we got our six-man uh, tag main event made for this. I, we can talk more about this as we go. I, I don't. Um... <laughs> <laughs> My forehead's uh, slightly smaller, and I have a five head for the record. But I'll digress. Clay Ford in the chat saying, "Put a wig on Matt and switch him with Shayna. Nobody will know." You got a five, and I'm at six. So. <laughs> um. I don't, I don't, I don't like. I like Randy Orton with the revival. I don't, I don't like this random pairing with. Uh, I don't know. I don't. This, this. All, already, I was, I was negative towards this. What's supposed to build to the sh- build and anchor the show of this main event, the six man tag. But uh, you don't Randy, like him being with what's his name though. Uh, yeah, no. Well, I mean, I, I don't mind if, if the goal is Randy Orton and this Ricochet thing is like almost Randy to ricochet. Like, yeah, yeah, to like take him under his wing and kind of like a, a game, a, a one up some chip. I guess I could get behind that because it'll help put Ricochet over. But I just Rick, uh, Randy, and the revival were just so good together, and they just abandoned that. Uh, I don't know. I did like them together. I did, but but as far as getting Ricochet to that next level, I'm more interested in that. I think, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I, I hopefully Randy can do that. Well, yeah. I mean, in ring wise, sure, but I, still, when Ricochet speaks, I, I say it again: the guy, the guy can perform like a superhero. He talks like a stuntman. I. I, I <laughs> There's just no interest when he talks to me. He really wants that to stick. So all of you at home watching, please make a, a, a <laughs> hashtag. A hashtag, please. <laughs> Too long to hashtag that. It is. That is a long one. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm committed <laughs> to the opinion, by the way. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Orton. Orton's probably turned almost as much as the Big Show now, right? But between going babyface <laughs> and heel, back and forth. So. Uh, his have meant more than big shows. Yeah, but I'll admit, I, I you know I thought it was intriguing uh, the stuff, we, the interplay between Ricochet and Orton. And to your point, uh, Matt, Ricochet's kind of been uh, just you know scratching the surface, been at the same location, you know the same spot on the card for a while. And I think this Orton thing could kind of get him to that next level. So uh, I don't know if they're gonna have them be a tag team um, or just unlikely allies. I, I don't think they're gonna be feuding just yet, but. Um, I, I like it. I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. And he doesn't have to be like his apprentice. He doesn't have to be his like. Right. He looks up to him, kind of gimmick. Yeah. It just be straight about athleticism and about wrestling and or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Up next, we get Drew McIntyre coming up in action. Uh, they don't reveal his opponent. We got to go to commercial break and hang on to find out who his opponent is. When we come back, and Drew McIntyre's opponent is Sin Cara. Tease for later in the podcast. Sin Cara has requested his release from WWE. We'll get back to that. But just keep that in mind. You have Sin Cara across the ring from Drew McIntyre. This was uh, this was an old-fashioned squash match, but just stretched out. Drew McIntyre dominated this match. Uh, you know, vicious powerbomb on the oh. outside. How, uh, how long was this match, do you think? Five. Okay. Yeah. So, that, I mean, you know, when you think your traditional squash match, you oh, think, yeah, you know. Much shorter. Yeah. What was the finish? Uh, Raj, what was Drew... Uh, 
he did so many big moves. The one I re- the thing I remember is that power bomb on the outside. But I think he threw him back in and probably just but hit the Claiborne it, right there. It, 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 it was the Claiborne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Drew McIntyre gets the win. I mean, Drew, obviously a guy who you know we're wrapping up the calendar year here. You got to think as we go into the road to Mania, you got to think this is the time to to position Drew to do something significant because since he's been back, has been the time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I agree. Screams money. Screams main event talent. I agree. Uh, but, you know, as you're watching this again, we'll talk about it later, but as you're watching this match and, and you say, oh, what's going to happen here? If you read the news today on Wrestling Anchor, you certainly are maybe watching a little bit closer just to see, okay, this was taped a few days ago, and yeah. now it's come out today that Sin Cara is asking for his release. Uh, how, what's this for? What, what is he asked to do in this match? And this is coming off of him it, doing uh, mixed tags. In his defense, this would be the most opportune time for him to ask for his release because he's never going to get more TV time than this. He'd been off TV forever. Now he's back. Yeah, granted, he's dropping and losing, but he's been on WWE TV recently. Um, now would be the time to friggin' test those waters in AEW and see what you can get and get the hell out of WWE. Well, and I'll say, he's an int- he's an interesting situation. And we'll get back to terms of... But, his contract's but, not up or something? Yeah, well, he's got years on his contract. Supposedly, he's got like three years. WWE's <laughs> not going to release him. Plus, plus, <laughs> plus, plus, he's a, plus, he's a guy who plays a masked character. So if he was to show up on AEW tomorrow, most people wouldn't know that, who the hell he even is. It's a yeah. masked character, which is good for WWE also. Yeah. So we'll get back. We'll get back to that. Stay tuned on the podcast, boys. We'll, we'll go back. Yeah, to and, and this is the second Sin Cara. The first one was already gone. Mystico. Correct. Yeah. All right. Uh, real quick, we get a backstage promo. Eric Rowan. Uh, he is the camera view is the camera looks like it's inside of a cage. It looks like it's in some kind of a cage, and Eric Rowan is baby talking. To the camera inside this cage. Compelling stuff, I know. We'll get back to that as well. Um, all right. One-on-two handicap match. Uh, 24-7 title. R-Truth versus, versus Singh Brothers. Raj, is this the first time the 24-7 title has been contested, in, in like a, <laughs> contested in like a formal match where we had like entrances and everything? That's the first one I can remember, right? I'm sure someone in the chat will correct us if we're wrong. but uh... Like it's first night, maybe, I think. Yeah, there was there was one week where they did a match. Remember, everyone like piled on, and then Mike Canell snuck out. So I'm forget I'm forgetting who it was. It was like our Truth and Drake Maverick or someone. But uh, what about the one when Truth was hiding under the underside of the table? <laughs> <laughs> that happened, I think, during like a main event, like like uh, <laughs> table, and he was under. The, that was the, probably the best thing in the whole twenty four seven. Of uh, course, is when it happened during a main event. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta exactly. say, we're we're in the second week of November. Twenty four seven title started like what, like June? Yeah, I did not expect it to last this long. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lost the money. Nick Housen and I made a bet, and I lost the money that it would not make it through Labor Day, and here we yeah. are, ended in November, almost Thanksgiving, and it's still around. Yeah, yeah, it, it's worn out. It's welcome, in my my opinion. I mean, Raw is going to get squashed in the ratings this week. That that uh, Seattle Forty ers game is it's going to it's going to overtime right now. So it was, it was a tight game. Two of the top teams in the league, and so it's going to get just it's going to be the lowest rated Raw I think ever. Definitely non holiday. Two of the best quarterbacks too. Or yeah. Top top five for Raw just sweating over his fantasy team for those of you <laughs> who don't know. Yeah, but anyway. Got that, re- got that wrestling ink money on the line. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we get uh, 
we get this uh, the Singh brothers up against our truth. Uh, a lot of comedy here. Uh, they play like this cat and mouse game around the ring. They run to the backstage. Uh, truth chases them down. The Singh brothers they go into a uh, dressing room. The lights are out. It turns out it's Eric Rowan's sanctuary. Um, I don't. Uh, there was no like real finale to this, right? I mean, like, he beats up the he he beats the brothers up, and then our truth just kind of peacefully. Leaves, turns so. out, turns off the light. Like he's yeah. gonna, it's gonna get freaky in there. <laughs> right. This was like a Heidenreich and Michael Cole. You remember that? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, I, you know, with Eric Rowan, they keep trying. I thought they finally had something with him and Daniel Bryan, and now he's kind of back to you know where he was, like having a tough time finding that right character that connects. I don't, I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know what's in the cage. If it's rats or. Or something but do you like see that. why this is a good example? Do you see why it's much? People always think a bigger guy has an easy, has it easier in this business, and this is an example of why you don't, why they don't, because once one character doesn't take, it's very difficult to get that character out of your head because the person is so god darn big that you can't take your eyes off of them and you can't help but remember what we seen them last as. Do, do you know what I'm saying? So you're reminded. Like you just brought up the Daniel Bryan one. Some others might bring up the Bludgeon Brothers. Some others might get recollections of, um, you know, the, what do you call it? The Bray Wyatt Posse Brothers, whatever the hell they're called. The Wyatt Family. Yeah, the Wyatt Family. Um, It's harder to, in my opinion, to re-character a a big guy. Kane is like the, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the one time in which it really worked, luckily. And he had to be, re- he was repackaged a couple times because he was a dentist, he was fake diesel. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Rowan, I mean, and, and, and to Rowan's, you know, when Rowan came in with the original Wyatt family, Rowan was the weak link. Uh, you know, you had, you had Harper, who was, who was very seasoned uh, on I the Indies. at first, honestly. Well, no, well no, no, Braun, I, I, I mean, the original. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, the yeah, original three, Bray. Harper and Eric, you know, Rowan yeah. was the weak link out of the. Yeah, when Braun came, sure, he was. I mean, Braun, Braun had like less than twenty matches in NXT, and and not, not by much, and none right. of them were on TV. Not <laughs> by much. I, he wasn't the weak link by much. I, I think um, Rowan. I thought he had better size than his than, than Luke Harper. Even though Luke Harper was the better worker of the two, and we all knew who Luke was because he wrestled on the Indies. But I always thought Eric had better size to him. And honestly, I thought he had a better look overall too. Yeah. Um, when, when if saying you don't know either one of those two yeah, guys, yeah. Well, fair enough. Well, uh, the ball again. we'll get back to uh, some Eric Rowan here in a little bit. Uh, so we go to Seth Rollins. He gets the, he comes in the ring, cuts a promo, um, just kind of basically rehashing what has happened uh, with the with Triple H confronting him and the whole, you know, you're either with us or against us. Basically lays down a challenge. He wants the best that the UK has. He wants the best that Manchester has. And out comes Walter along with Imperium. And so we get a Walter versus Seth Rollins match. Uh, this you know, this was intriguing to me, I will admit. I, I had read that this was going to happen prior to watching tonight. And this was yeah. certainly something that I had made a point to make sure I was in front of the TV with no, with no distractions because this is the fresh matchup. What was the finish of the match? They went to a DQ, I believe, because Imperium came in and attacked. Rollins was getting ready to do the, uh, the curb stomp. The curb stomp, and I think the Imperium came in, attacked him. Uh, then we get the Street Profits coming out. We get uh, Kevin Owens, and now we've. Uh, where's Teddy Long to go ahead and make us uh, an eight-man tag match here? 
uh, between Imperium and, and these four. Uh, I mean, again, overall, overall interesting in the ring, uh, fresh matchups. These are guys, you know, these are, these are combinations we don't see uh, regularly. So that is an attraction here, but um, you know, that's about All it. All right. Well, really quick. Well, uh, Walter's not from England. He's from Austria. Right. The fans did not react to him is what I heard. And it was definitely piped in because it was on record. It was on replay rather. Um, that's what I had heard. Um, but I was ecstatic for his opportunity, though, versus Seth Rollins. And I thought he had a good showing. Uh, yeah, I think he did great with, with Seth. I think I think they're. Well, I, I, I can't help but watch him sometimes and go, there ain't no way in hell that that dude wouldn't even be signed to a developmental contract back in 2004. I'm being dead serious. Because no of his body? Because of his body? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple things real quick. First, that Seth Rollins promo was heavily edited. Uh, this Rollins was booed out of the building at the I was going to say, say, I was bringing up piped in sound. I was going to say, I, I think that happened too here. And you could tell like on commentary, they're like, oh, this is a bizarre world, but it's like muted. So you can't really hear the boos on, you know, on TV. But you could tell like there's a loud reaction going on in the crowd and they're not, uh, they're not playing it but they yeah just let it happen man if that's the way the fans are turning dude this is what wwe's got to be smart and say are we really doing that much with him at the top not really yeah what you know let's listen to our fans for once and let's do something right with him and not to mention why not it, it makes the show feel a lot more alive to have the crowd just going crazy even if they are booing your boy yeah. but it, it just makes the show feel a lot more lively it does as opposed to quiet I mean, otherwise it makes it sound I, like the fans don't care I think this is a case, and this is me speculating, but I, I think this is a case probably with Seth of a Vince McMahon stubbornness. Think about it. Vince, the, WWE has put a lot of stock behind Seth. Look, this guy has beaten Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. You know, he, you know he's... I, I think this is a case of Seth's going to be our baby face, right? He's, you know, he's going to be our baby, especially when Roman disappeared uh, this time last year to deal with, his, with, with, the, with the cancer. I think there was... Seth's going to be our guy. Seth's going to be, he's our guy. And, and the fans have revolted against that. And I think there's probably a stubbornness of, 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 of a resistance to accepting that. They should, but there's, but for Vince, I think there's probably a stubbornness. You think, yeah? Is, is that what you think? No, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that, yes, definitely that's what's happened here. And this is, he does it time and time again and never learns his damn lesson, though. Um, and, and it hurts their bottom line. Because you're pushing a guy at your top that the people are not paying money to see. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see with Walter. He, he's, he, he, he does kind of look like Kozlov now that I think of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens with Walter. Because he has said he does not want to move to the U.S. He, he's only interested in NXT UK. He's not interested. Shut up. In, he said that? Yeah. Yeah. That's over with me. I like that. Yeah. So uh, we may never really see him on the main roster. Or is NXT the main roster too there, Justin? It is the main <laughs> roster. It is NXT main UK team. is? Well, NXT, at least in the States, <laughs> is the main roster. I can see Walter saying, screw you and your, Orlan <laughs> or, your Orlando living. I'm not going to Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Screw you and your Mickey Mouse. Walter looked good. I mean, he looked like uh, he kind of reminded me of Brock Lesnar as far as the, his ring oh. work. You know, like the big guy tossing you know him around. Not appearance, obviously, but uh, 
but as far as with the Germans, <laughs> you're offending, man. Yeah, I don't mean appearance. No, I mean Brock is one in a one in a million. But um, just just as far as throwing, you know, Seth around and doing the Germans and things like that, just that bullyish, uh, dominating big guy. Yeah, I don't know. My, my, I still say this about Walter. Walter still, when you watch him, when he has to find TV cues and commands, and he's watching the, he still his eyes are darting around. He looks so lost. That's the one thing that takes me out of it. I, I watch. Maybe I'm watching too closely and I'm picking on him, but he, I can tell still live TV he's uncomfortable with. And Imperium, TV. Imperium. I mean, they're they're really good in the ring. They're, I mean, they're great in the ring. But just looking at them as a group, it's just but bland. Two of, but two of them, I don't even know who they are. I know Walter and I know Wolf. Yes, I, I'm sorry, Justin. That was a good catch, by the way, of being able to watch him check the he checks the screen a lot to see where he's at um, on the on the Titantron. He looks at it often. Um, and he misses his cues on the um, hard cam. Um, really quick, though, um, do you think that they're more generic looking as a group rise than uh, the, what do you call it, the Undisputed? Uh, uh, Glenn is the one that really thinks they, they look uh, I, I, I think Adam, because just because Adam Cole is in there, I think, you know, <laughs> that makes him stand out enough. Mine is him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think Imperium looks more bland than that, those guys. Yeah, Fabian Eichner, uh, t- Justin, you were asking who the other one, the other two, and Marcel, um, and also Alexander Wolf, who was insanity. I know, I know him. It's the other two yeah. guys I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're getting the ring. If that's if that's enough to do it for you, that's they're getting the ring. I don't think they have to be. They just need to be four dudes with Walter. There are three guys with Walter. Yeah. He has his own he has his own group. He looks yeah. bigger than the rest of them. Yeah, it's like, uh, do you remember the Truth Commission back in the day? Of course. Yeah, with Kurgan, and so Walter's kind of like the Kurgan. I mean, these guys are obviously a lot better, but. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Kurgan went on to Sherlock Holmes, right? He did. He, didn't he fight Brad Pitt in some movie? That was Nathan or that's Nathan Jones, yeah. <clears throat> uh, he fought uh, Robert Downey Jr. He was in uh, 300, too. Right, yep. Apart from me. Oh. Well-known fact. I did not know that. Put it on your IMDb. <laughs> that I got. Yeah. Wait, how, how did he take it from you? Like, were you were you both were just competing for the same part? Rick Bassman told me that they were looking to cast a wrestler in this some role for three hundred. I was in Japan, and I just got New Japan to agree to let me come back home to go to the U.S. to fit for some costume they were going to have to fit me for. And then before I left Japan, he calls me back and says, "Oh, they gave it to so and so." Yeah. And I looked it up, and it was him, whatever his real name is. Yeah. Well, screw him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So keeping on, uh, keep on going here. We got Cedric Alexander versus Andrade. Again, two very athletic guys here. Uh, you know, a good match for it was. wasn't too long. Andrade uh, ultimately gets the win, uh, hits the uh, hammerlock DDT for the pin. Uh, so Andrade gets a win. Obviously, Andrade coming off of some wins against uh, Sin Cara in some mixed tag action in the, in the previous weeks. Sure, as long as he's getting W's. Yeah, I, I, Andrade's another one. I, you know, it's been stop. You know, they 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 start with him, then they stop with him, they go back with him. It's like I the, the momentum is just never there. He's of- not as bad as the others, though. Like Cedric Alexander, like Ricochet. Um, like the others where they do 50-50 booking. Yeah. This guy seems to continue to win for the most part. He lost to Ray. And, and he has the nice, which is, which you know, that's Ray. And Andrade has a nice, 
you know, he has uh, Zelina Vega in a time where we don't have a lot of managers or anything. And we haven't, when she can, you know, she can cut a, she can cut a decent soundbite promo and she can, she can do some, some spots, which, so that's a nice, you know, that's a nice presentation. I think two of them. I think they like him more than the rest of them, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. And Andrade, to your point, Matt, then when he does lose his push, like they start pushing him, then it's not like they're beating him every week after that. It's, he just disappears for a while. He's like not on TV. So he hasn't been damaged as, as much as a lot of other guys, like Humberto Carrillo, who we'll get to, yeah. who's already been damaged been three weeks, even though he got the win tonight. I think we yeah, we said after a second loss, it felt like it already. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned Zelina Vega. Let's transition into her real-life husband, Alistair Black. We get another backstage promo from him. Uh, more of the same uh, riddle and rhyme of, uh, you know who you are, you know what you've done, come knock on my door. Pick a fight. Alistair Black is to me is one of the most interesting characters in terms of the presentation, his entrance, the way he rises up, the music. He works. He works mm. physical, uh, but I don't know what it is. I, I, Raj is he injured? Is there? I heard. Thought I heard maybe he's injured. Is that what yeah, yeah. He he has been injured. Um, right. Let me. Uh, I think he's about. He, I think he. It's not too bad. He should be back soon. He's another one like Drew, like like pull the trigger, do some do something here, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with you on him. He's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so Alistair Black. So uh, to be continued, uh, and then we get to what might be the most controversial. It has been, I guess, the most controversial. I know I haven't been on here for post rolls in a while with you guys. Lana coming out uh, to cut a promo. Now, this is another one. This is a tape show. A lot of social media video had surfaced about how bad this segment was in terms of the live reaction. Uh, booze. I'll try to sum this up so I don't go on forever. Lana basically just continues to come out, confess, talks. There's an over under how many times she said she said sex. I think she said sex twenty times about how she had sex with Bobby Lashley seven weeks ago. This is their sex anniversary. This is their sex anniversary. Uh, she cheated on Rusev. She admits, but Rusev also cheated on her. She's also nine weeks pregnant, but it was seven <laughs> weeks. Ago, but it was seven weeks ago she had sex with Bobby Lashley. She keeps saying Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley. Credit to Renee Young for tweeting. We all <laughs> refer to our significant others by first name or by full name. <laughs> so Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley. Uh, uh, Rusev comes out. Um, Rusev comes out, just kind of questions Lana. Lana's slapping him. She's jumping on his back. Bobby Lashley comes out. Lashley's bitch slapping Rusev. Choke slams him. And then the subtlest thing. This did not be- get picked up by the fans who. Send us video as 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 Lana and Lashley are making out at the entranceway to end the segment. Lana actually says to the camera, "I faked this whole pregnancy," so she's not pregnant supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys with me, Matt? Are you with me? <laughs> oh. <No. laughs> oh my god. This is terrible. I, I I really like Lana. I think she's got a ton of charisma and everything. But I thought her stuff was just terrible tonight. Uh, the, the stuff that they gave her, I don't know who could pull it off, but. It was this. Everything Maria. about this was Maria just sure shit. Maria could pull that off. Maria. We yeah, still, we still don't know the father of Maria's baby. It's not mine. Yeah, Maria's money. <laughs> yeah. I like Maria, but we never got the answer to that. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, this this was just horse shit. I, it was hard to watch. Hey, we shouldn't even be talking about it. it. Was that bad? This is one of those. You know, if your wife walked in, she'd be like, "What the? F- why the? F- why do you that? watch this shit?" Like there's a bunch of soap opera, Matt. This is that. This is this Ryan. You can yeah. watch a really bad soap opera and still be more entertained than this. I mean, do, 
do we have to give some credit to the three of them for like at least keeping a straight face, trying the hardest to like they're given this, they're they're being given this, and they're having to go out there and live. You know, this is live. It's their they're, job. I, I went know. out there and stuttered. Okay, I, I know, but, well, Matt, <laughs> Matt, that's a that's a far cry for being out there with your real life spouse and trying to sell this. Uh, you know, not when you meet your spouse in the business. And you know that could always be an option. It's not like he brought. It's not like he was a WWE superstar. Brought his wife into the business, and that's how she became a star. They met as two single superstars. Big difference. That means all bets are off. Uh, if you're gonna be, yes. Did uh, they? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That all bets are off when you meet your significant other as a WWE superstar to WWE superstar, and know that they're gonna throw that f ball at you some way or some way some some other. Down the line, one way or the other, rather. I mean, they always do. They always screw with with uh, uh, married couples, usually, and even dating couples. They haven't in a while, but this is. Yeah, they've actually seems like they've actually made it easier on dating couples, putting couples on the same brand. There was a time where they were they were trying to separate everybody. Now they're putting them on the same brands. Yeah, but you ever notice when it's like they're really uneven, and I hate to say that, but like Mark Marrow and Sable, for example. Like you hate to say that about anybody, but when like the girl is really, come on, thousand yeah. times better than what the yeah. guy is. Usually, generally speaking, in Vince McMahon's eyes, um, that's the, usually the couple that gets messed with. I don't. I think it's so screwed up. Yeah, Kidman. They did, they did that with like Lita and Matt Hardy. Well, I was gonna say prior to that, I know they weren't dating, but I always think about just just imagine just imagine if Lita had dated uh, S. A. Rios. Uh, anybody remember yeah. that name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got him over with me. I, I used to want to watch his matches on Sunday Night Heat, so I could see her do her gimmick at the end of the night. Thong hanging out. Yeah. No, WWE. They, I mean, they tried doing that with Del Rio and uh, Paige as well, like splitting them up on different brands. And well, that 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 relationship needed broken up. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, clearly, but you do you do see it where it it's definitely seems like they're trying to the, trying they, to force a split. Another thing, Justin, mm-hmm. they're paying them a shitload of money yeah. to shut up and act. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, to what Raj said, Lana has Lana has uh, tremendous charisma. She's one of those. She's, Shoot, yeah. she's one of those yeah. ones. I'm like they they could. I mean, you know, she has some mainstream appeal, modeling, a little bit she, of acting. She has tons. Did you see the backstage segment when Rock when when Rock was in Miami and he was walking around? Yeah. Backstage yeah. And he just came out of his truck, dude. Yeah. She played that perfect. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and Rusev has got his own charm and talent. I mean, he does. I don't you know, know with him. Yeah, I don't know. Can you this? You, you know, watching this and just thinking to myself, like WWE was actually trying to get an Emmy nomination last year. You remember that? <laughs> Wait, what? No, I didn't know that. What? Yeah, they were trying to. They were lobbying to get an Emmy nomination, and they were going through all the the steps that you got to go through to, to to make it on the list. You can't be serious. Yeah. And they've tried several times to like <laughs> screw with. I mean, like think, think about how much controversy Rusev and Lana and storyline have gone through. We've seen Rusev with Summer Rae. We've seen Lana with Dolph Ziggler. We've seen so they they've broken up and gotten back together in storyline so many times in a short period. It's it's. I mean, Matt's right. It's they're just just screwing with them at this point. It's it's kind of. And Bobby, this is the complete polar opposite of who this guy is in real life. <laughs> Bobby, I can't. Bobby's probably trying to kill himself after every segment. He's he hates this type of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like as a fan, he hated this type of crap. Like he never liked the entertainment portion of wrestling. 
he liked like the matches, the Benoit versus let's say yeah. Kirby Go match, like that. That's Bobby's like five star match to go watch and talk about Rant Rave never shut up about. Um, do you know what I mean? As as yeah. a fan, so I know this is killing him. Well, on, on, on Veterans Day, where we where we celebrate and, and honor those who have fought for the country, and Bobby Lashley, a, a former Army, <laughs> yeah, uh, having to be put through this. badass who could probably kill us all in ten different ways with his bare hands. Right. <laughs> right. All right. So we get Eric Rowan uh, comes to the ring with his uh, cage, his mysterious cage. What's in the cage? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he he sits it next to uh, Vic and, and and King at commentary. They they they're they're selling the mysterious cage and and what's in it, what's moving in it. Uh, he makes quick work out of I don't know who this guy is, so, Soner Durson, something whatever. Give him somebody decent. But go ahead, sorry. But whatever. Yeah, that th- th- this was truly a traditional squash match. Roman gets the win here. Goes back, grabs his uh, cage. Uh, so that's the next hook right now with Eric. First it was Eric Rowan. Did he or did he not try to murder Roman Reigns? Now it is Eric Rowan. What is his pet uh, in the cage? Thrilling. Yeah. Any spoilers on this, Raj? Do we, do we know? I know. <laughs> I, I was guessing like rats or something like that. You remember how Bad News Brown had him before that SummerSlam match? He had the sewer rats. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that'd be kind of cool if they brought that back. That's the first time I have thought about that. Literally. <laughs> and I, oh, that's cool. Good call. Yeah. yeah, that's actually the first time I've thought about it in a long time as well. But yeah. Everybody else's stuff I always remember, though. Until, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Damien, everything. Um, yeah, I right figure here. I got to get in at least three or four 80s, 90s wrestling references on the show. This is the best. That's why. <laughs> well, didn't, you, didn't you have a special delivery Jones earlier already? Matthew? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so here's my question. I know we like squash matches when they're done the right way, but like for Rowan, why not just give him, I don't know, a middle middle card person to squash? What's so hard about that? Give him Humberto well, Carrillo. <laughs> you know, everyone's been beating him anyway. Well, <laughs> just... Raj, when they taped this, did they have the entire roster with them or they was the other? Yeah, yeah, they had the whole, they taped oh, Raw and SmackDown together. So it was back to back. Same they, arena, they... yeah. Wait, and, they did Raw and SmackDown back to back. Yeah. Oh my God! So you think you, you got to see both? Yeah. And As you think kid, I'd be going crazy for the record, you, you, yeah, absolutely. But now five hours at least to, <laughs> to sit there, yeah, and you think that's bad? Over Christmas they cancel that one Raw taping, and they're going to do a double taping. So that's six hours of Raw for the people that attend that night next month. Uh, and you know what's tough though? Like with the, uh, they tape things out, they put things out of order too. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that's tough to watch. I think they did that tonight. I think the Lana Rusev stuff was the last thing on the show that they taped, but they rearranged <laughs> it. Yeah, and on SmackDown, Tyson Fury was the last thing that they taped, but then they, the, the final version, they moved it to earlier in the show. Which you would think, wait, live, was the actual live thing with Tyson Fury, was that last? Yeah. In the arena, I mean? No, well, it was last before the on SmackDown, and then they started filming Raw after that. That's that's about right. Yeah, I do he, think they would have done. He would have drawn more interest and pop than what he did. So, hey, Raj, yeah. you're telling me that after the five hours of that crowd sitting there, the very last thing they saw before, <laughs> for TV was having to sit through the Lana soap opera thing. Yep. 
And then they had a Bray, <laughs> then they had a Bray Wyatt Seth Rollins uh, dark match. Or not uh, Bray Wyatt and uh, I think it was the Miz actually. But, yeah. My God, <laughs> you sat through all that and then you're gonna. Uh, yeah. yeah. They should have. They should have had the Fiend come out and interrupt Lana and Lashley's uh, makeout session. <laughs> the biggest pop ever. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we get the uh, the Viking Raiders. Uh, the Raw Tag Team Champions, Viking Raiders, up against, uh, yeah, this is kind of cool, kind of a way to showcase some NXT UK talent, the Flash, Morgan Webster, and Mark Andrews. Uh, if you did not, if you haven't seen Raw, if you didn't see this match, go back and check this out. This is actually kind of, you know, uh, the little bit of shine and, and time they gave Webster and Andrews, uh, they, they made the most of it. Uh, at the end of the day, Viking Raiders still get the, the win here, but this was uh, a little bit different than the typical Viking Raiders squash match. Yeah, and hey, Mark Andrews, you guys recognize him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh, TNA. TNA. Yeah. Um, it, this was Andrews. Yeah, is that his name? It, well, he he went by that in TNA. Mandrews. Oh. He he he's good. Um, obviously, but um, this was not your typical squash, and it yeah. did. It's a good example of another talent being able to get over while still losing. I thought those guys, I thought those guys got over a little bit tonight. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, this was this was a good use of of, of short but sweet TV time. Uh, Viking Raiders keep on going. They're still champions, but as we said, uh, did not completely bury or dismiss uh, uh, Flash or uh, or Andrews. All right, uh, so finally we get to the uh, the main event. Ultimately, uh, after they do some hard selling for Survivor Series and the matches, but we get right to the main event: Randy Orton, Ricochet, and Humberto Carrillo versus the OC. You know, again, this was entertaining. I mean, all, all six of these guys. I mean, Humberto gets some serious air. He's got a lot of athleticism, as does Ricochet. Randy Orton's one of the best ever. Um, you know, OC knows their way around. Uh, they're, they're they're playing off the whole time. Ricochet and Randy Orton having their uh, their, their their tension. Uh, but ultimately, we get uh, uh, Humberto gets the gets the pin uh, on a, uh, a decent, more than decent, a very impressive moonsault onto AJ. Uh, he gets a pin, so the baby faces stand tall. Uh, Randy Orton again teasing a ricochet that at any time I can I can RKO and I can I can take control of things. Uh, but this is ultimately how Raw goes off the air. Matt, what did you think of this uh, for a main another, event tonight? Another example why AJ Styles is the MVP of this whole company. I'm dead, being dead serious. He can lose matches like this and get somebody else over and be perfectly straight the next week. No, no big deal. He's he's that good right now. He's that on fire. Again, I can't believe I'm saying that about him as a heel. Because mm-hmm. I will reiterate again, I never thought he had this in him as a heel. Face all damn day. He's a hood ornament for any company. I'd be lucky enough to sign him, I always thought. Even WWE. But never as a heel I saw this. So, again, kudos to him. Um, it was a, Again, we said this a few weeks ago. Like AJ should have been beat. And he could have taken that loss. And it was a singles match, I remember, versus this guy. Versus uh, Humberto. How do you say it? Humberto, Humberto Carrillo. Remember, I was like, he could have easily just let the kid win. It wouldn't hurt AJ one bit. And tonight, it, it didn't hurt AJ. The OC, they are milking all three of them right now pretty darn hard and working them really hard and utilizing them all across the board, which is cool to see. I like seeing the, the Gallows and Anderson u- utilized more. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought Humberto, he did his cool moves. Uh, I like the story between Ricochet and Orton. Um you know, again, it makes Ricochet look like a bigger deal. Orton yeah. is great in this role. AJ's awesome. So I thought this match was good. Um, 
Matt, to your point, so apparently last week, Humberto was supposed to pin AJ, but they changed it because the OC was going to be on NXT and they didn't want them losing before uh, going on NXT, well, so they changed it. But I think it's just one loss too many for Humberto to where it feels like they beat the stardom out of him, and it's going to be tough to get that back. Um, yeah, he was new. He was hot and, yeah, yeah. hot and exciting kind of character or whatever. Yeah. Humberto is super athletic in the ring, and I know he comes from a wrestling family, but he's still they still haven't found what he is. His, he's coming out to like hip hop kind of music. He looks like a Power Ranger. He's got the dimples. Like nothing quite fits with anything in his presentation. He's a squeaky looking baby, squeaky clean looking baby face that can do a lot of cool shit. Yeah. And a lot of times those guys work best as heels when they got the squeaky looking baby face look because, it, you know, today's Daniel audience, Bryan. it doesn't necessarily fly all the time. Daniel Bryan. Yeah. AJ, yeah, you're right. Sammy Guevara in AEW. Oh, him all day, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a great one mm-hmm. already. And I hated Sammy Guevara at first. I hated that band. <laughs> but, but all right, can... so there's your Monday Night Raw. So uh, Raj, you're saying it's probably one of the lowest rated ever non-holidays. I mean, this game is still going. It's an overtime. It's gonna. It's a close game between two top teams. It's gonna be. I think it's either going to be right around two or under two million, maybe even you know one point eight, one point nine was the prediction I had on Twitter. It's going to be, it's going to be a bad one, but you know it's really because of this game, and uh, it just felt like they weren't bringing out the big guns tonight. Plus, we all knew it was taped too, right? Doesn't that mm-hmm. does not account for anything anymore? People not wanting to tune in because it's taped or not? It's weird. The ratings usually don't uh, are not that different from when they tape to when they don't. Like SmackDown was taped, um, so anyone could have read the results earlier in the day, and their rating was up um, from the week before. So yeah, I think if you did a tape show every week, it would affect it. But I think once in a while, uh, people just don't care. Yeah. Okay. Well, and not not for tonight's show, but sometimes if you tape a show, I mean, they've had a few times where they've done like title changes or something in England. Like sometimes if you, there's a tape show and you read about it and you read something. Yes. Significance happened. Now it's like okay. Now I want to see how they did it. Yeah, AJ uh, beat Gender that one time for the title. Right. The yeah. bad part is tonight when I read what I read was going to happen <laughs> tonight. I was like, I I'm tuning in for the I'm tuning in for the wrong reasons. I'm tuning in. Did Seth get booed as loud as it? The yeah. live video <laughs> was was the Lana segment as bad. <laughs> it can't be that bad, can it? Right. It's like it's, it's, like, it's like the car crash couldn't have crashed the cars, could it? Yep. <laughs> Rubbernecking, watching TV. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt, any final thoughts on Raw before we hit the news real quick? <laughs> there we go. All right. All right. So we teased it on the top of the show. Uh, uh, definitely one of the top stories today. Maybe the top. Raj can clarify that in a second here. Uh, Sin Cara, and mind you, this is the second iteration of the Sin Cara, Sin Cara character since 2010, 2011 with WWE. Uh, second he, one? He's the second person to play the character. Yeah. So this, this, this particular person. Uh, he is going on. He was uh, Hunico, Hunico before that. Correct. Uh, he went on to social media and, and put a long statement uh, basically talking about how he's appreciative of the opportunities, but. He thinks it's time for him to move on. Uh, you know, not feeling like he's basically being used to the fullest. Um, he still and, has time left on his contract. He doesn't get to save uh, it. So, so yeah. PW Insider's reporting that he's got uh, three years. <laughs> he had just recently resigned. It wasn't that yeah. long ago. Yeah. Same with Mike Canellis, you know, who requested his release. Yeah. You know what they're probably going to do? They're probably going to add on time to his contract for yeah. the, like the time he was up for injury. Well, your mouth get through your deal and bounce. Um, 
I know you got to finish this. No, that, that, that's basically that's basically the gist here. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's believed that they're not going to let him out of his contract. Surprise, surprise. Like yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. But but to be fair, WWE cuts us whenever the hell they want. Every ninety day period, they have the right to release any one of us mm-hmm. at any time within the night. Every ninety days. Well, just so, look at just look at what happened with Luke and Harper not, and not honor their contract. Yeah. yeah. So it's good for the goose, maybe it's good for the gander. You know what? Yeah. Um, we just can't get out of it, though. <laughs> right. So, you know, you remember Carolina was here, a few, you know, uh, with Sin Cara a few weeks ago, they, yeah. and then they beat her in her yeah. first appearance, and then they beat her again next week, the next week. Um, yeah. And she's already gone. So that was just like a three-week deal. She's well, uh, she's back in NXT. Yeah. She's well, off no, the, off the main roster. Yeah. Good, good. But, it, yeah, it was just a, a three-week deal. It, you know, just to kind of help Zelina and uh, Andrade, but um, yeah. So Sin Cara, I, maybe Sin Cara thought that that was the beginning of a push or something. Right. Like he was getting, he's finally psych? getting something. That's what I. That, that's what I figured. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he's healthy. He's brought back to TV. He's getting on TV in a few for a few weeks, going up against Andrade and Zelina, and then what was a Friday when they taped this. You're gonna go out and you're gonna be squashed by Drew, and then he goes, "Okay, I can see where my future is. My future is there's nothing's happening here." But the one thing I'll say, you know, Harper, uh, Canellis, we've seen several different than his other ones that have that have uh, publicly yeah. requested their release, and up to this point, the WWE revival, has not, the revival, and the WWE has not given in to any of those. No, they're but the different, well, they're not going to start. But the one thing I will say when I heard this one is, you're not gonna let Luke Harper go. Because then if he can show up the next week or even after his non-compete, even if he can't be called Luke Harper, he's, he's a very distinguished look, he can be of value to another wrestling company. So but the dude. fact that this person has been under a mask, you know, nobody remembers really what Hunico looked like. He's been under this mask for five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, he could show up somewhere else, and he doesn't, he doesn't bring that instant, oh, boy. And you could, you could throw anybody else under that. I mean, Sin Cara could be this era's doink. We could have, we could have Sin Cara around for 30 more years, and there could be five different people under the mask. I don't know why you need to. If you have a Rey Mysterio and you have some other mask guys, Lince Dorado, I don't. The Sin Car, the Sin Car gimmick to me just retired. It's not. It's it's. But that was the one thing I thought. This guy had one possible advantage: the fact that he's under a mask. He's not as big of a liability to let go. But here, here's the the only thing with that though is once you go public on Twitter and you're asking, and then if they grant it, then everyone's going to feel like and that's his... exactly. And that's what Matt's, that Matt was saying. You know, they're not going to give it to him, and I get that. WWE has to hold their ground here. Yeah, I mean, I think if he went and just tried to talk to Vince and request his release that way, maybe he would have gotten it. But by doing it yeah. this way, um, news, it, and I agree with WWE on this. You know, you don't want people going on social media saying they they want out. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I I think it's a dumb move, and we've already, and especially when you've already seen what happened to Luke Harper. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, so speaking of guys and their release and and, and changing companies. Um, Jake Hager, uh, now with AEW, formerly known as Jack Swagger in WWE, he uh, took to social media uh, to tell Rusev uh, to uh, leave her, meaning her as in Lana, leave her and that asshole company. Hashtag I'm with AEW. Uh, this coming after Rusev responding to a fan uh, talking about Rusev's current booking and, and the soap opera storyline. So uh, Jake Hager telling Rusev to get the hell out of there and leave his wife, apparently. <laughs> no offense. Yeah, I mean, I know all these people. 
who are asking to be released who want to go elsewhere. Look, AEW is not going to just hire a bunch of WWE. I hope know, not. Rejects. I, I just wouldn't. I think that'd be a bad move on their part. You don't want to look like that company that uh, you'll just yeah. take whoever doesn't make it in WWE. Um, you know, you, you, it's good to have some familiar faces, but you don't want it, you know, a ton of them. So, um, yeah, just you got to get more established first before they, they, they start doing that. Because what, what, what I, I, I always thought, thought the ultimate FU to WWE is taking one of their guys that the WWE could not get over. Mm-hmm. And then that company brings them in and does something with them much bigger and does help get them get over. Mm-hmm. I think that's it, it's the ultimate checkmate that they're a better company better better um well i don't want to say writers they don't have writers but like tna for example um but tna went way too fast with everybody if you had wwe in your name they signed you yeah. they went way too hard and heavy damien sandow remember that they put him in like the main event for his first week out they had him like coming out and, and that's just a random pick you made there. yeah <laughs> yeah you know, I, shoot, I was one. I, I got signed because of it too, but uh, I was able to turn it around. Thank God, and, and be utilized that company a hell of a lot better than I was in WWE. But um, they need the WWE need AEW needs to first put in time of building their own brand and very carefully selecting who they bring into their company that was former WWE. And once they hit, you know, that two or three year threshold, then okay, you know. You could bring in guys and rebrand them to your brand and your likeness and how you want them to be booked if they were with WWE. You know, they need to continue to try to be themselves and be that different company. Yeah, I mean, AEW, I mean, they, they almost have to expand to having a second weekly show before they can even think about adding more roster, you know, you know, expanding the roster. And Raj, didn't Cody, didn't Cody have a, a quote in one of the many interviews he's done in media that like, like something like, Seventy percent like of WWE's roster wouldn't make it in AEW or 80%. Like, there's some number he threw out of like saying like there's a very select few in WWE he'd even consider. Was it him or Jericho? That sounds like something Jericho would uh, say. Maybe it was. I, I feel like one of them said something to that effect. Like, you know. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting that exact quote, but I know Jericho the other day said that they're not... They're not hiring right now. They're not really looking for any more new guys. You Good, know, they like should they're... be saying that. That's Actually, you're right. You're right. I think it was Jericho who said something to that effect. I think what I'm thinking of, Cody said at one point... That only like fifty percent of the AEW roster has been revealed, and this was a couple months ago. Like we hadn't seen more guys yet. So this makes them sound much more major league and bigger time than they really are. That's smart, smart, yeah. smart marketing. Yeah. Uh, and talk about smart marketing. This gets me going uh, as a Stone Cold Mark. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin has a new interview series. Obviously, Austin, you know, one of the best ever in, in pro wrestling. He's, he's become one of the best interviewers. You know, he, he's like the Howard Stern of uh, like wrestler interviews. He can he can just get things out of people. A uh, new series called Steve Austin, The Broken Skull Sessions, premiering on November 24th. That is the night of Survivor Series uh, on the WWE Network. Uh, it's going to air on the network after Survivor Series and um, approximately 10.30. And his first guest will be The Undertaker. Uh, and actually, even in the notes, Variety, uh, Variety.com, they broke the story, I guess, um, they kind of noted that in the interview series, it's a, quote, rare, long-form interview with Mark Calloway. So talking about it's the man behind the gimmick. And so obviously Matt can speak to this. Uh, you know, The Undertaker, one of the most protected gimmicks of all time. Uh, but the man behind The Undertaker going to sit down with, with Stone Cold and he, shoot the breeze. He, he should be ready. He's done enough of, of him with his um, pastor from his church. 
Yeah. I was actually really shocked to even see that. Um, you know, but that means he's at a good place in his life where he is comfortable finally, you know, coming out from behind the most protected gimmick of all time. Thank God he did that. He gave us all these years of entertainment because he was willing to do that. During the Attitude Era, he changed his character so he could be a little bit, you know, American badass and fit with the times, but then go back to everybody's favorite, Undertaker incarnation. And think about it. At a time where nobody believed that garbage or any phony, baloney, you know, magical power crap, but with him we did because we all wanted to. We all suspended our disbelief again. I was there at WrestleMania 20 watching him and and King go over their match and watching it like a freaking hawk, you know? Um, and, and from that moment on, he became Undertaker again, the old school Undertaker with Paul Bearer and everything. And it did some, he did such a good job of protecting that at a time when it wasn't cool to be protecting, overly protective of your gimmick like that. Think about it. No social media. Didn't do any of that crap. He was so down to protect that character. Yeah, the only time they they dropped their guard was when he was the American badass, and that was yeah. the only time I ever really saw him do you know many interviews. Yeah, a things like the Canadian was a Canadian uh, show too. Yeah, off the off the record. Off the yeah. Yeah. yeah, that and which was that's a great interview. That guy's he, an annoying host. There's no way I could get to an interview with him. <laughs> yeah. he, um, he always protected the character. I, I don't know if it's still on YouTube, but there I, there it once was. There was some stuff on YouTube from like mid 90s like 95 96 of like undertaker it was somewhere in new england i want to say like the boston area of him mm-hmm. being on like a nightly sports show it was like one of those nightly local like call-in sports shows where they had him and i maybe paul bear sitting there having to like do the old we're here with wwf superstar the undertaker they're coming to the boston garden and he like and they like took questions he stayed in character he never ever you know broke out of it but he in full gear had to stay in character try oh. to like Sure. Put over the business. It was. It's like it's a very rare piece of video. It was like this nightly sports call-in show in Boston or Providence or somewhere up there. But yeah, it, it's amazing. All these years, he's he's you know he hasn't he doesn't do podcasts. He hasn't done well conventions. To, at least largely, hasn't done a lot of conventions. I mean, think about this: when you know there were the when something tragic would happen when a wrestler passed away, they wouldn't have Undertaker out there standing with the rest of the talent. You know, yeah, that's yeah. how much they. We're protecting that character. Again, I'll go back to WrestleMania 20 at the Hall of Fame. Taker was not there. Yeah. Like, so many cool things. Not cool. I don't know if they're really cool, but so many different things he would not go to. Yeah. To protect yeah. that character. That's, uh, uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame, I've always said this. You know, obviously, you look at guys who still need to go in the Hall of Fame. The Rock's not in. Cena's not in. Taker's not in. Orton's not in. Triple H is not in. The day, the, the, the year they finally put Undertaker in, and if. It, I will pay any amount of money to be there live to hear that speech. If if he if he if he wants to talk on like what who better could give a speech of a career than than that guy? I mean, what a that to me that's like the most intriguing Hall of Fame thing that's left at this point. Yeah, that's cool. All right, Roger. Got anything else? Uh, Just real quick, SmackDown did an average of two point six one million viewers. It was up three point six percent from last week. down a lot from what Fox was doing last year. Fox uh, down 25% from what Fox was doing last year. But in the demo, the 18 to 49, it's a little down from what Fox was doing last year. What was Fox doing last year and what was the show? Okay, so Fox was doing uh, 
they were doing 4.5 million viewers last year with Last Man Standing, The Cool Kids, and Hell's Kitchen. Um, so that was the block. And so, what's not fair about that is those are all multiple. Those are all different shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just for that time slot, that's what they were doing before. Uh-huh. And yeah, again. It, you know, right now it's not going to be as well, but in the summer, WWE destroys you know whatever Fox has on you know Friday nights in the summer with their rerun. So, Hell's Kitchen for two hours would never do that number, no way. Yeah, right. But Hell's Kitchen, yeah, and it, it had a strong lead in. But Hell's Kitchen uh, last year at the, at, in the uh, the second hour, SmackDown second hour, it did. Let me look here. It did something like similar to what SmackDown did. It was like two point five million. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, we were talking about the Austin Undertaker show. I think that first one is going to do big on the network, and then we're seeing just so much programming now. It's hard to keep track, and stuff is falling off after the first one. This Whether is it's Power, AEW Dark, anything. But this is this is good for the WWE Network because once they moved NXT to USA, NXT was the biggest network only commodity you got every single week. Yeah, and so when when you lost that with NXT on USA, they need some. Things that are weekly on the network that you can only get on the network. So yeah. this is... I'm still watching Power over those. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, one last thing they did announce the the uh, five versus five versus five NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown men's match, and it's going to be Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Ricochet, Kevin Owens, and Drew McIntyre against uh, five NXT stars against five SmackDown stars. So that's a good friggin' Raw five man team. Yeah, no, yeah, it's loaded. Um, again, I and, I wish there were some stakes or something because ultimately it's just a five man elimination match. And look, can I just say if there's ever going to be a time, all these rumors of him talking about coming back, it's in Chicago Survivor Series. If there's ever a time, put CM Punk on NXT. There you go. <laughs> I think that's a waste of CM Punk. <laughs> but all right, why put him up against AEW? Put put him, yeah. put him in the creative process. It's not the Raw SmackDown <laughs> creative process. That's yeah. what he he hated the Raw and SmackDown creative process. Put them on Wednesdays. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's about it. <clears throat> we done. Good night. Yeah, we Justin, done. you want to wrap it up? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for the cue. Right. <laughs> give, give me a glorious plug to end the night. That's a sweet jacket. <laughs> You're being sarcastic, aren't you? Uh, a little bit. I've got a, I got a little plug, but we got tons of interviews from Starcast uh, from AEW this past weekend. Uh, we got this media scrum with Chris Jericho on our YouTube. We got interviews with Orange Cassidy, Earl Hebner, uh, just tons of guys. So uh, check it out on our YouTube on the website. All right, he is at BP Matt Morgan on all the social media. Uh, Matt, happy Monday! Thanks for joining us. Thank you, get, guys. Get some rest. We'll be back on Wednesday night after NXT and AEW. I'm at Justin Labar on social media. Make sure you stick it with WrestlingInc.com. Make sure you favorite, bookmark it, all that good stuff. We have news every single day, and we'll be back Wednesday night. Dude, you sent away for that jacket from Frost.